0: everyone I'm Ryan this is Greg cock did I mess up your last name no, you nailed it Ryan. I nailed it nailed it You I've nailed because a lot of times that's a thing I have I've I've done correcting people
1: I just let them let their freak flag fly but you nailed it Ryan
0: you planted it what's what's the one that you get the most often that's like really that's how you're saying my name oh it's cock absolutely they want to call me the you know reproductive structure of some sort and I say you know what if that's your thing you go for it I mean it's it's not bad like like it's not about association it's like well, if you're going to be known for something
1: exactly i'd like to you know a proud totem is nothing to be uh to be known as the proud totemist by just having a last name
0: that's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy it could it can go a lot of different places with it i mean a proud totem like yeah <laughs> How many euphemisms are we going to find here? Well, we're going to find a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was weird because I, w- I did this thing last week at this at this college in Wisconsin, and um, the guy that was my connect to do it, his last name was Koch, and the guy that was the marketing guy there, his last name was Koch. And we were all talking about growing up with that last name and how they said their nickname for years was just Cock, and uh, I got creative with it years ago. I would say, uh, "Prepare yourself for a Coac attack." So I had people calling me Coac. And I did all kinds of different ways to kind of... But, you know, in college, I had an opportunity. There was a violin player up there. Her name was Kim Cook. Same spelling, but she said Cook. And that's what it means in German. So I had my perfect opportunity to, like, segue from being ridiculed with this last name as an abomination and could have easily just been Greg Cook. And that would have been so easy. But no, I said, no, that's not the way Grandpa said it. So I had to say, it's Koch. Got to get a little spit in there. So I ruined myself, Ryan. I ruined it.
0: I'm, I'm sure Sweetwater's happy that I'm filming Cock Talk here <laughs> on the premises. <laughs> well, you know, musicians, of course,
1: are usually like to engage in this kind of conversation. Not all musicians. I don't want people to like, well, I don't. I'm much above that kind of fiddly D. Well, good for you, my friend. But a lot of us dwell in
0: a strange place where we have fun with things like last names. If you don't joke about these things, I'm going to say right now you're a liar. Like everyone jokes about these things like this. We're human beings. That's what we do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I don't know how you how familiar you are with me. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. I, I I'm, am familiar. You know that I exist. I know that you exist. I know that I, I met your guitars before knowing about you. I explained that when I came in, I told my awkward, embarrassing story that I probably shouldn't have told that I demoed one of your guitars at, at uh, Winter winter and I was like, Hey, this is great. And then the comment section blew up. Like, uh, you don't know whose guitar that is <laughs> like, what the heck is wrong with you? So then I looked you up and I was like, holy heck, he's an amazing player. He's got a huge personality. Like people told me you were tall. They weren't lying. Wow. I'm, I mean, people might not be able to tell r- right now because I'm, as well not as tall as you you're probably like six five right uh six seven as a matter of fact from what they tell me i'm six seven 6'7. Six seven. yeah i'm six three if i fudge a little bit over the edge <laughs> so like if i was a regular size person you would be like oh my gosh he's so tall you know it's, you're probably similar to josh scott i don't know if you've met josh scott i don't think i have, I have a jay chest pedal. he's a he's a tall boy, boy too yeah. You know what? I need to get out more. Ryan, I need to get out more. <laughs> this time next year, he's going to be buried in JHS pedals. Uh do you are you a pedal person? You know, I'm not opposed.
1: I'm not opposed to the pedals, but it's interesting because I I I often play without pedals, but um I've got the signature amp with wait for it. caulk amplifiers. Uh, No relation, but no accident. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, And I have an amplifier that kind of has everything on board, including a really glorious uh, harmonic vibrato, which sounds like Mm -hmm. a univibe, right? Mm -hmm. So I find myself a lot of times just bringing a chord and a guitar and that amp, and I'm I'm done. That being said, I'm not like, oh, I don't use pedals, because I love pedals, and I've definitely used a
0: lot over the years and continued to do so, so... Yes,
1: is the answer. Is a short answer.
0: You could have told me that you hate pedals, and I would have been fine with it. You don't have to like tap dance around the issue. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I don't. I, they're fun. I mean, I do fun. like pedals. They are fun.
1: You know what I typically find is like during the cove. You know, I do all these live streams from the house. I do a couple a week for Fishman. I do a couple for Wildwood Guitars, and then we do a band one every other weekend. And so I kind of changed my paradigm of just you know amp guitar and pedal. I thought, well, I'm home. I can mess around with some stuff. So I put. You know delay through the effects loop and I brought out an Octavia and a phaser and this that and the next thing and a wah pedal I got it all set up and I was having a lot of fun I was like well, maybe when I start getting out of the house getting gigging again I'll bring all that stuff. So I brought all this stuff out to the first gig I had it all set up and by the time I got done with the gig and you're over you're at the merch table You're talking to people so and so forth. And then you got to come back and tear that stuff down I was like after the first it was gone. It was back to guitar cable and amp.
0: I mean you play great without pedals. It's not like you need them or anything
1: like that. Well, and go, I appreciate it, but it's just fun. You know, yeah. just something to inspire. You know how it is.
0: Yeah, I, I know how it is. Uh, but you're, you don't need to be told. But you're just a ripping player. I've uh, you know, got a little bit of the old, uh, what's it called? Imposter syndrome when I see someone actually playing guitar. Nah. I've, I've fudged my way into somehow making a living making guitar videos while also sucking at guitar. So it's always incredible to me (laughs) to see someone playing, you know, ripping it up on a professional level. And I, I came in here I wandered into the room and you're just like ripping it up. I'm like, Oh my gosh, maybe someday if I ever decide to practice, maybe someday, but it's never going to happen because I'm too busy editing videos all day to make this whole thing work. Uh, but let's talk about your guitars. Now that that I've embarrassed you by gushing about your playing.
1: Oh, well, I appreciate the positive reinforcement. Unfortunately, I thrive on negative reinforcement, but, uh, you know what? Me
0: too. (laughs) Like, uh, let's go into that. Like, uh, like what what's a good example of that? Like you, do you get trashed online or anything like that? Well,
1: actually I I've been very very fortunate that the vast majority well, you know, and I I don't know entirely why that is, but I think uh because there's humor involved. I, sometimes I'll get people who don't get my humor. Mm. You know, like that guy thinks he's funny. I'm like, "Well, I, I think
0: know. you're I think you're funny."
1: <laughs> well, well, thank you. I mean, I don't you know, I don't know if I'm funny or not. I just it's funny to me. Right. So I, I'm laughing. If I didn't think it was funny, I guess I wouldn't do it. So, hopefully, other people find stuff funny because I'm just kind of riffing, you know. So, uh, but I would say I've been I've been spared uh, a lot of trollery. Uh, I do have, I have responded to a few trolls over the years, usually in song. I had a song. Um, <laughs> uh, I did a, a Wildwood video where I was doing some you know, like kind of Travis picking type of a thing, like you know, like I, uh... <laughs> playing that and some guy goes not this ragtime wanker again and I thought first of all that's not ragtime that's Travis picking so I came up with a song called ragtime wanker and posted it online and people seemed to really quite enjoy it but that occasionally I'll see little things like that I'll only respond to a troll if they're funny because that was funny
0: That's a shirt idea right there. Ragtime wanker.
1: Exactly. I'd wear that. Of course, now every time I play any kind of Travis Picking thing, people are like, hey, it's ragtime wanker. Like, that's me.
0: (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. I just... I, you know, I grew up a teen in the in the '90s, the sarcastic '90s, where like if you wanted to show someone that you loved them, then, you know, you, our 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 shining star and example was Janine Garofalo. We were all always trying to tear each other down. So I don't feel love unless someone is trying to be mean to me. You know. <laughs> well, I, I'm the youngest of
1: seven kids, so mm. uh, you pretty much had to light yourself on fire to get any attention in, in my house. And and my siblings are, you know can be brutal, bless them. And so, you know, over the years, they've just been not terribly impressed by, you know, but every now and again, they'll be like, ah, well, that's, that's all right. You know, hey, that's pretty good. And just, in you know, being in in Wisconsin, it's just one of those places where, you know, I've had a great run and I, I enjoy living there, obviously, in the Milwaukee area and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, there's a, you know, you, you get a fair bit of, well, why would you be any good if you still lived here type of a
0: thing? And... Uh, what a... What a weird thing to say. People can live anywhere, especially now. Like, that's so bizarre. Ex- exactly. But, you know, people
1: have, you know, as I like to say, a zip code consciousness. You know, it's like, well, if your zip code is this, you can't be all that. And I'm like, really? That seems weird. I mean, people haven't said that, but it's, it's kind of the implication of, you know, hmm, really. So what are you going to do? Right. Or maybe that's just my dysfunction raising its colors and flagging in the wind. You know, we all have our issues, Ryan. What are you gonna do?
0: We all have our issues. Like let's be honest. All right, let's get into psychological issues now. We're gonna we're gonna dive deep into each other's issues and traumas and troubles for about an hour and a half and Sweetwater's gonna really love this use of time. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about your guitars. Yes. I, I started out Really being impressed with your guitars. I mean, Reverend guitars are great to begin with, but I I come from uh, somewhat of like a like a surfy sort of background, yeah, yeah. And I instantly connected with these the first time I tried them. I don't own one yet, but I feel like I should change it now, especially now that Reverend's working with Sweetwater, and you know those wheels are pretty well greased for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you need to do is you need to convince me. Do I get? the traditional hardtail Tele-style thing, or do I get the P90 wiggle stick sort of thing?
1: Mr. Yeah. Wiggles, as I like to call it. Mm. Well, these particular... There's two different guitars I have now with Reverend, and um the story, how it began, was... um You know, Ken and I met years, years and years and years and years ago. How many years ago? A lot of years ago. <laughs> and... um you know, doing videos out in Colorado, you know, I do all those videos for Wildwood not we've been doing it for years and years and years. And uh, Ken would come out and um, would go, oh, here's what's new for Reverend this year. And sometimes it would just be him and I, sometimes it would be him and another artist of his. And we'd get together and we'd play some and do a bunch of videos, had a great time. And over a period of time, I would be playing these Reverend guitars I'm like, you know, these guitars are cool, you know. And, and then about, I don't know how many years ago now, because time just flies. Um, you know, I'd been doing stuff for Fender for years and years and years, probably about 15 years. I did all of this stuff and went all over the damn world, you know, doing clinics and shows and all this other kind of stuff. And then, you know, for whatever, re- a number of different reasons, one of which, you know, different ownership comes in and the last thing, you know, after for 15 years, I'm going to have to re-schmooze all these people. No thanks. And uh, so it was one of these things where, you know, it just kind of, drifted away a little bit and I started doing the Wywood thing and playing a bunch of different other instruments and so on and so forth um, well one thing that really happened that was interesting is I hooked up with the Fishman folks and that was kind of a, a thing I wasn't really expecting which has some relation to the Fender thing only from the fact that my buddy Richie Fliegler who was the head of marketing for um, Fender for years on end and is an alumni and had called me up and said hey I'm working with Larry Fishman he's got this technology for these new pickups and I was like, um, you know, it's great. I really don't care. Because I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm a guy who gets a guitar, and if I like the pickups that are in it, I was like, you know, we're done here. But uh, he started to explain what they did. He's like, look, they got multiple voices, no 60-cycle hum, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this sounds good. I'd be willing to get, and I'm like, well, how do they look? Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you get a, a pickup that gets rid of the hum, usually it's got like claws and fangs and looks like some kind of, predator of a you know parallel universe of mechanical wrongdoing. So uh, I was not into that. I wanted to, to look relatively you know traditional but have all of this modern ergonomic functionality. And so make a long story short, I went out to Boston, hung out with the fishermen people I was like holy cats these pickups are exactly what would be perfect for me. So started working with them and um, Really wanted to put him in a guitar. So initially, you know, I got a couple of guitars from WoW. I had Strad. I had a, a 55 Custom Shop um, Telecaster I had him in. They were fantastic. And I'm harassing Ken at like Nashville Nam or something like that. Ken, what do I got to do to play one of your fabulous after-show parties? He's always throwing these parties. I'm like, I want to party with Ken and the Reverend guys. Now that I know there's parties. There's parties. And they're, they're fun parties. And he's like, well, you'd have to play a Reverend guitar. I'm like, well... What if we put some of my, those, my uh, new Fishman Tele pickups in one of those, those Eastsiders? Would that be all right? He's like, yeah, we could do that. So Fishman sent him some picker, pick, pick, pickers, sent him some pickups. He put it in a delicious blue. What was the color of that blue, Ken? It was the uh, deep, sea, deep, satin, deep, sea. deep, satin, deep sea blue. A beautiful tone hue. I'm going to tell you that right now. Beautiful tone hue. It spoke to my soul. Anyway, so I started playing this guitar, Karina body, uh, roasted maple neck, and I started playing this guitar, and I'm like, holy catabos, this thing sounds magnificent. And in comparison to the price of my other instrument, it was, it, the st- the price differential was pretty staggering, whereas the tonal difference, there was tonal difference, but not several thousand dollars worth. So then I started getting into some, some thinking. And then right around the same time, Ken's like, Hey, you know, you and I got this rapport. I'm thinking about doing this Ken and Greg show thing where you come to Toledo. We play a bunch of the new Reverend guitars. We just kind of shoot the breeze and play a little bit. You want to do that? I'm like, hell yeah. So I came. We rocked. We ate at Tony Paco's. Have you been to Tony Paco's in Toledo, Ryan?
0: I have not been to Tony Paco's. I have not been to Toledo. Well, there's a reason to go. It's a hot dog establishment
1: of unparalleled deliciousness, be that as it may. So we went there and we started shooting the breeze one day. And he's like, hey, you know, no pressure. But, you know, Joe and I were talking, and if you ever wanted to do a signature guitar of some sort, we'd, we'd love to talk to you about it. So I was ruminating on that, and then I said, well, you know, I always wanted a T-style guitar that was slightly larger bodied, because I'm a big son of a bitch, as we discussed. And every time I'm playing one of these regular size guitars, people are like, is that some kind of ukulele? Is it a 3-4-style guitar? Uh, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, no, Lilliputian. I'm just a Sasquatchian soul trying to express myself through song. And I don't want to be, you know, tall shamed. Okay. So I thought that maybe to mitigate this whole scenarios, I might get a guitar that's just slightly larger, that looks a little bit more proportionate to the larger sized individual. And, um, so he's like, no problem. We can do that for sure. And I go, you have no problem using the Fishman pickups? He goes, hell no. So next thing you know, we started doing some ciphering. And we put together what was the first Gristle Master guitar, which is this morsel right here, as a matter of fact. That's the first, first one? This is the first, first one. And this is in the color, wait for it, Blue Cipher. That's it. And I wanted a transparent, kind of sonicky blue. And That's what this is. They're Carina body, so you see the wood grain through it. The back is more opaque, if I can use those grown up words.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't notice it at first, but like, you look at it and I'm picking up little bits of grain in through it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, like, really, it's a really nice color. I got a lot of miles on this beast. It's like Coke bottle blue. Yes. And um,
1: I love it. So, my pickups are on board. We got a roasted maple neck. Of course, I got the locking tuners. Uh, Wilkinson Bridge I wanted, this it, is kind of interesting Ken, I don't know if you'll, this is kind of funny because I wanted the um, I wanted the brass saddles, the compensated brass saddles because so they just have a little bit more twang and I mean, some guy piped on the and goes, I really love Greg but you know I had a fender clinic years ago when he was playing a six saddle bridge he's like, you know that stuff with the brass saddles is a bunch of BS. <laughs> and you know what, I may have said that at the time. But, you know, after I've been to Wildwood and I probably have played like 4,000 guitars, I've heard the difference between brass and stainless steel and so on and so forth. And I'm going to say, brass has got a thing. It's got a thing, doggone it. Now, is it going to ruin my world that there's not brass? But no. But given my druthers, a a brass seat three-saddle bridge that you can intonate, I'm going to go for that. All right, so there we have it. So we wanted that. That's on there. And it has the pickups on it and the... um,
0: um, the pickups all have two voices,
1: so mm-hmm. should we play this one first? Or yeah. We okay.
0: No, we're not going to play it. You're going to play it. All right. Because my play my play. my imposter play. syndrome is like ridiculous right now, guys. Like you have no idea. <laughs> this is going to be the best playing that's been on this channel in a long time. So here we go. Mm-hmm.
1: Right there, I was doing a little ragtime wanker. Anyway, so the neck position is good. What this little button does is it gives me a little. So it's a second voice that's just got a little bit more heat. Things you want to telly. There's all that kind of all those telly was and all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, all the stuff we all do all the time, the normal stuff. Well, you know, it's good for the kids. And uh (laughs) but there's no 60-cycle hum.
0: And the way that the pickups are made. You know that's the name of my channel, 60 cycle hum. I know so that. every time you say that, like, I've got to look at the camera and wink a little bit.
1: <laughs> There's no 60 cycle hum, except there is because you're watching it <laughs> So I'm not trying to infer that these pickups are trying to do away with
0: your channel, okay? I'm just saying, I start fading away Marty McFly Styles.
1: No fluence is killed Ryan) <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it, they sound great, and that, that was something that I was really impressed with the first time I tried them. Uh, like I, I've, I used to really hate humbuckers that would split into singles. I, I, I'm like, a, I'm a single coil lover, right? But there is some convenience to that, to having the output change and having the the kind of like character change and having some twang when you want it and stuff, but. You, Let's face it. You're compromising and taking a compromised single coil tone to get a humbucker. But that's really fun because it is the same like single coil sort of tone, but you're getting like a humbucker output without change. Like- yeah,
1: I mean it. It definitely it's definitely a hotter signal than a regular single coil, without a doubt. But you don't. But it almost it, what's weird is is that it sounds underwound. Mm-hmm. but it's got the output of a, of, it's got a little bit more oomph. You know what I mean?
0: And it's still got the twang. It doesn't shift into that kind of like soft, murky, like low mid pusher thing you get with humbucker. Right. Exactly. Now to achieve this stuff.
1: I mean, one of the things when Richie first called me up that I was a little scared about is like, what do you feel about a battery on board? I'm like batteries. Oh no. But there's a lithium ion battery in this little compartment here. And in the input jack, there's a little mini USB thing that you, you plug it in and you charge it up. And for an hour and a half charge, you get 300 hours of
0: plugged in playing time. And once they told me that, I'm like, well, that's cool, right? I maybe have played 300 hours in the past five or six years. Well, as I like to say, if you got a gig that lasts
1: longer than 300 hours, I think it's time to unionize. You know what I'm saying? It's time to... <laughs> it's time to wear some yellow vests, y'all, to your gigs and say, you know
0: what? This is a bunch of bollocks. Signs outside, we refuse to play 300-hour gigs. And people driving by are like, what? What's, What's a gig? <laughs> What's music? <laughs> Those people you ignore in the corner. That's who. Sorry. It's funny to think about, like, uh, like I don't really want a battery in the guitar. But there's been batteries in EMGs forever. But like, it's, I know it's not the same thing at all. But, like, I have this thought in my head, like, being told there's going to be batteries in it and having the thought like like how many D cells are we talking about like this is going to be like a kid's toy <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like 8 pounds heavier and it's going to cost 40 bucks every time I change the batteries in it exactly. but battery technology is so amazing now that it, i have no doubt that that thing can last forever and you'll forget that it's battery powered and then one day the light will shine, like start flashing like Literally. oh yeah
1: yeah when the battery starts flashing you've got i think it's 10 hours so, I mean, I've never even come close to that happening. So when you plug it in to charge it up, it, it goes red to say it's charging, and then it goes green when you're fully charged. And I change strings after every three gigs because, you know, they get all filled with battle mung, you know, from playing at, you know, Trixie's Bar and Grill where you've mm. been feasting and whatever, and you get a little bit of grout on there. I like to call it tone grout, Ryan. Mm. Really, you know, really kind
0: of brings the jams to the fore. But uh, I need to get them I up. call it tone, tone, tone jam. Tone jam. Yeah, yeah. Nice I jammed. don't call it that. That's why I stumbled on it, but it felt good to say. It, it was right. Yeah. It was right along it. Was, it was on point, as the kids say. The joke is that it rhymes with toe jam, and that's gross, and that's that's the joke. <laughs> toe jam, ladies and gentlemen. I like it. It's a good name for a band. What? I'd go watch the tone I'd go watch tone
1: jam. Absolutely. So anywho, uh, I change my strings after every three gigs or so, anyway. So you know, I just top her off. You know, plug it in and top her off before I go to the gig. Once, you know, I'll be sitting around going, "I can't remember what was the last time I plugged this thing in." So I'll just plug it. in. I don't know why I'm using that voice. It just happens. I get possessed by some kind of rural Wisconsinite. Anyway, um, so I'll just plug it in and top her off. I've never run out of. Now that, that being said, if you would run out of power, you would be silent. But uh, it's kind of like a cell phone. It's like people get, you know, guess what? If your phone runs out of juice, you're not going to be engaging in spirited conversation with various individuals. So you've kind of got in your mind of, well, at some point in the next 300 hours, I'm going to have to plug
0: this thing back in. Even if you get to the part, point where, like, the light is flashing and you notice it two hours late, you still have eight hours left. Right. If you're eight hours away from being able to charge something, what are you even doing with an electric guitar in your hand? Like, where are you? Like, you're on an island, or you're lost in the desert somewhere. Like, the electric guitar is the least of your worries at that point. You deserve to be silenced. My model.
1: But that being said, you could plug it in while you were playing, and it would it would, it would would go. You would just look extra tethered, and maybe sure. maybe people are into that kind of thing. Oh, he's got two chords coming out of his guitar. He must be really good.
0: What's his secret? He's got all these chords coming out. He's got some sort of device in his pocket. You've got a USB pocket, like a battery in your pocket right. just to charge your guitar while you're playing. Uh, I want to know where a lot of the like the visual design elements come, came from. I, I know that you, you, made, you had the guitar made a little bit bigger, yeah. but there's a, a couple things that I really like like about this. I really like the raised, like, kind of Firebird sort of center block. I really love the sharper edge to the Picard here meeting with that. I even really love the standalone uh, pickup ring on the neck. Like, that's really fun. I You know, I I love kind of that 50s, 60s right. aesthetic and is bringing a lot of that in while also doing different stuff with it. So I'm wondering, like, did a lot of that come from you or did that come from Reverend Design Team? or? It was both. Um, I've got kind of a weird
1: guitar this, this uh, guy out in California um, made for me. He's got a little company called um, uh, Ventura County Vintage. And he made a basically a Telebird. So it is a Firebird body. Uh, with tele controls with a Firebird neck pickup. It's a Johnny Winter signed Mojo Tone pickup by my dad. It makes me want to engage in fiendish Johnny Winterisms, which are always good, I think. Anyway, and so it's a cool-looking guitar, and I would play it on live streams every now and again, and Joe Naylor uh, said to me, Hey, you know what? I, I saw that guitar you were playing. Um, what do you think about a raised section on, on your guitar? And I go, I think that would be fabulous. And it was... It was kind of um, twofold were the purposes aesthetically and the fact that this raised uh, section is the traditional width of a T-style guitar and the other parts are recessed. So that actually worked as a little bit of weight relief because you took a little wood off there. Um, The pick guard was just kind of a, a form of function after we raised that middle section that seemed to be appropriate. But this little surround is kind of an interesting story. Initially, I thought it'd be cool to have a metal one, ah. to match the, the the nickel or or the substance of the whatever this substance is metal. This metal pickup. And um, but when I got the prototype, I was like, man, I love the way this guitar looks. I love the way it plays. I love the way it sounds. But the neck pickup seems to be a little wimpy in comparison. So then we started doing some ciphering, Ryan. And what we ciphered is is that the metal that he used for the surround was messing with the impedance of this pickup and just messing with it enough that it changed the tone. So then we had some choices to make. We could either delay production by a few months trying to figure out, well, what metal can we use that's not going to mess with the pickup? Or he just took the pickguard material and made a surround and looked at it. And I thought, well, that looks even kind of cooler because it looks more unexpected. Yeah. So we decided to go with that. Now, I will get people every now and again on the intergoogs, and they'll say, yeah, that guitar's cool and everything, but I hate that surround. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I I always respond very rationally when people say this if I'm within earshot. I go, well, I'll tell you what. When you get your own signature guitar, you can do whatever the hell you want. But in the meantime, I'm digging the surround, so take and eat. You know what
0: I'm saying? Well, I really like it. To to qualify my opinion, I have a a graphic design and commercial art background. And to me, it looks really cool. Like, it's a throwback to kind of like a kind of department store guitar kind of aesthetic. Like your 60s, kind of like your...
1: Burns guitar.
0: Burns, Airlines, K sort of thing, like where it's a little bit funky. It's a little bit unexpected. Also, I feel like when you've... I like... Pickups in pit pick guards. I think it does something fun visually to separate it from the body It's always a little bit boring to me when I see a telly style guitar where the pickup is just mounted in the wood and Just that little bit of visual interest is I think I think it's really great. So yeah. well, I'm glad you dig it I love it. I think it looks cool in the gang. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It also kind of looks like there's a hint like hey if you wanted to you could drop like a mini bucket in here or something like that I, I don't think you could actually could but, like, there's a little bit of that, like, wild, like, hey, yes. you got ideas, don't you? Right. Like, there's a big hole under there. Like, you could put something in there. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Security.
1: <laughs> but, yes, there is a hint of the forbidden.
0: Right, right.
1: It gives you ideas. It does indeed, which is a dangerous thing, and I embrace it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, then we started thinking about other, a dish of the guitars, and I... You know, I play differently on a Gibson scale and with a beefier sounding pickup, there's kind of a whole nother, um, you know, you just get inspired to do things a little on the different side. And over the years, I've messed around with various different P90 guitars. Um, and so I had mentioned to our friends at Fishman, I was like, we should really work on a P90. Would you guys be interested in doing another pickup with me? And they're like, absolutely. So we started working on a, I, I simultaneously reached out to Ken and said, what if we did a um, a shorter scale version of the Gristle Master with a set neck, and then we will use uh, these new um, Fluence Grissle Tone P90 pickups as at that point as yet to be designed. Uh, but I did want to use the Reverend P90s as as one of the sources because their P90s are particularly delicious, mm. and um, but I wanted, you know, with the Fluence technology, it allows you to get multiple voices, no name of show, 60-cycle hum, and and uh, and you um, and they retain the visual aspects of, of the P90. So I think there's a lot of people that like P90s. I think there's a lot of people who aren't really familiar with what P90 should sound like. I'm not going to say that they're the epitome of every P, great P90 ever, but they really sound very, very good in comparison to the P90s I was going for. And um, and they, they're killer, man. I'm going to tell you that right now. So we worked on the pickups to get it done. And let me grab that guitar and kind of mess around with that a little bit. Sure. Clicking and clacking. Because we're old school here. We're just going to click. It. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, no! It'll, it'll still be in tune. Still, don't worry. it still be in
0: tune. Don't worry. It's just it's just the first one. No big deal. Right. <laughs>
1: So we decided, of course, we got two voices, so we got this kind of (laughs) glorious velvety glass neck pickup pick up I want I refer to it as quack some people think that's a derogatory term I don't think it is <laughs> the middle position is obviously both. just gives you a little bit more but the other thing i wanted was is i wanted an out of phase thing but i didn't i wanted the um Especially because we were going to go with the Tele control panel. I wanted like a preset that would be out of phase, but you know when you do that Peter Green out of phase wiring and you're in the middle position on a Les Paul and you just back off, it's fully out of phase, you back off on either volume just a skosh and it gets like this other fatter sound? That's what this is. Ah. So when inside there in this console, I don't know where it is because I don't mess around with that inside business. But there's the ability to roll back the neck pickup a skosh so that you get this sound, which I'm about to unleash by. So
0: there's an internal, like, trim pot in there or something? Correct.
1: Yep. That's smart. So if I pick up the tone control now in that middle position, I get this kind (laughs) of... Comparison to the It's a lot more <laughs> You get the idea. But it also works on that, that little button gives it a little bit more heat as well. So I diggity and love it. It sounds great, it looks great. They come in a bunch of different colors. This is the, obviously kind of a gold top thing we were going for, it's the Venetian gold, but there's a cool turquoise, like the one over there. The um, Tosa turquoise, my hometown is Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, so we got the Tosa turquoise version. And then we have a black version. What do we call in the black, Ken? Is
0: it midnight black? Black. Just black. I thought it was gonna be something fun. <laughs> no, like maybe... Ken, Ken's delivery of black was was funnier. Like he was just like it's black, it's black. <laughs> yeah, what kind of fun color do we have for that name? It's black.
1: Black. Maybe that's what I should just spell just black.
0: Okay, all right.
1: I see what we did there. Anyway, so I love them, and um, so when I go to gigs, I bring, I bring this, I bring old blue, and I bring the gold, or depending on what mood I'm in, I change the colors up every now and again. But uh, I literally get everything I need done out of these two rascals. I do have a. Um, uh, a humbucker fueled um, guitar or two that I might bring along as well with the Fishman Fluence classic humbuckers. Uh, but for the most part, these two guitars get it done for old Dreophocles. That's me. That's my Roman name or my Greek name, Dreophocles. I saw it in a dream somewhere.
0: What? Dreophocles? Dreophocles. Dreophocles. A philosopher. Okay. If you will. Imagine me in a toga. You know, with I already was imagining you in a toga, well, so that's wrong. funny that you bring that up. Well, you know, I kind of I, I forced that upon people with my powerful life force. <laughs> that that was weird, but you know, here we are. <laughs> that that was weird. We're sorry, we're sorry. <laughs> no, like I haven't I haven't played that one yet, that model yet, but uh, I I really enjoyed uh, the first version that I played at. Uh, at, at, uh, I can't talk, at Winter Nam. So if there's any of those out on the floor, I might go film one of those later. I I, I should mention about the
1: Bigsby. I wanted a Bigsby on it. And because and I will tell you, I like the sound of Bigsby's. I like uh, the look of Bigsby's. Most of the Bigsby's I've played in the past prior to my affiliation with uh, with Ken and with Reverend uh, has been a little bit of a battle to keep them in tune. But Reverend has a way of dealing with... uh, the Bigsby's, especially I, I guess what converted me thoroughly was I have a reeves Gabrels Space Hawk that has a, uh, a Reverend reeves Gabrels Space Hawk that has a Mr. Wiggles on it, as I like to call it, the Bigsby Persuasion. And Reeves brought to the fore a special spring that he discovered in many of his uh, Gabrelsian adventures that uh, he put in his Mr. Wiggles that you know allows it to be very, very uh, conducive to wiggledom. And you can do warbles and all kind of other manner of you know, whammy bar antics. And the guitar stayed in tune wonderfully. So I thought, well, hell... Let's put one of those on this beast and really kind of bring it to the fore. I, there's definitely a thing that uh, the Bigsby's bring. There's there's a there's a twang to them. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like when you if you play a Les Paul with a Bigsby on it versus one that's not you You can definitely hear the difference and it's a you know It's a personal preference thing, but I think it's so we've had people could I get one without the Bigsby? Because I think a lot of people have maybe experienced what I experienced prior to when you you look at the Bigsby And all of a sudden you're in some kind of pan-Egyptian tuning not that there's anything wrong with that I'm not saying that that's not a good way to roll I'm just saying that you know, you know druthers, you know, you probably want to be you know a 440, you know somewhere in there so um, as a result, uh, I will say that this guitar, coming with the Bigsby, you will be pleasantly and wonderfully surprised by the functionality of it. And we have managed to keep these guitars under eight pounds. Doggone it, quite a bit under eight pounds. So, because uh, that's a concern. You know, you get a guitar with a Bigsby on it, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're you know, you're hunched over, you're in pain, you you need a staff, uh, chiropractor, and uh, that's not necessary for for this particular instrument.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm a big Bigsby lover. I love I love my Wiggle sticks, yep. uh, famously, uh, and I've I've used one of those springs. I ordered one aftermarket, and I put it on a different guitar on a uh, on a, a Gretsch electro, Electromatic Baritone. Yeah, I think the the Baritone strings were a little bit much for it. It, was, it pulled the the bar too close to the body for my taste. But I, wasn't, I was impressed with how soft and smooth it is right. compared to the stock spring. And I was like, I'm going to put this in something else. I'm going to put it in uh, my Hallmark, which is like a moserite sort of thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those springs are really cool. It's like a really inexpensive way. Like if you have a big speed and you're like, ah, oh, this is too firm or it feels like I'm having tuning stability issues and stuff like that. If you've already checked your nut, might, Wait a as, minute. might, as, well, might as well like check out one of these springs because they're actually pretty cool. Like, visu- visually, they're different. Like, the wire's thinner. Like, the winds are a little bit different. Like, I can tell just by looking at it that it's like, it's the Reverend Spring. Well, obviously, right. it would because it's a Reverend right. guitar. But, you know what I mean? Like, it looks different. Like, they're kind of matte. The wire's a little bit thinner. Uh, there's a stability that you get with them that you don't get with the stock springs. And the, 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 the they feel soft. Yeah. I, I like that. It's, it's, like, I have an older Bigsby where the spring's really broken in and really soft. And then you get newer Bigsbys, and they've just... You feel like you're fighting, right. like against a raw piece of metal, sort of thing. Like it's not a spring anymore. So I think it's really smart. I wish, I when I did my video with the Gretsch, I called out to, to Reverend as I look at Ken. And I was like, could I get one with like one extra wind on it? Oh. <laughs> get one that goes a little bit higher, you know. So there's my request. Nobody's asking for something. <laughs> one extra wind is what is needed. You can
1: get one of them, but you can get three thousand.
0: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah so yeah, Ken just said I can't get one but I can get 3,000 realistically I know that's the way it works like you have to order those things in bulk people in my comment section were like well if you go to this motorcycle website you can order like a bunch of springs and looking at it, it's like no they want me to order like 20 to 50 of them and I'm like looking at the specs and was like I have no idea if one of these will be better or worse than what I'm already using right, right. <laughs> it's you know Guitar modding ain't always easy, guys. Like, you can't just go buy the one thing. It doesn't always exist. Correct. (laughs) So, anyways, we've got to find a way to end this, because all things must end. I've heard you in this video at least once, and before we started filming, talk about food a couple times. I'm being peer pressured to go check out Skyline Chili. Have you ever had it? I have had Skyline Chili. That's more of the Cincinnati verge. It's got noodles in it. There's, there's one here. I've never had it. Uh, there's one uh, a few miles away from my hotel. I might be meeting people there tonight. Uh, is, it, is it worth the trip for me, or should I? I would say yeah. yeah. I, I would go. Yeah, there's uh, there's Gold Star and Skyline
1: Chili are the two, as I remember correctly. I might be wrong on that. But uh, there's definitely kind of the two versions of the Cincinnati-style Cincinnati chili. I find it satisfying, although... You may need to get a Charmin endorsement at some point in the next 24 hours. but
0: uh, <laughs> Someone else told me, like, I hope you're not flying tomorrow because things might get rough. I am supposed to be filming tomorrow. Like, how rough are things going to get? Like, is this guaranteed that I'm going to be on the toilet after this? Uh, I will just say that the sound of blort might be something
1: that might enter your lexicon in the next 24 <laughs> hours.
0: What am I I getting myself into?
1: (laughs) But not not necessarily. You know, as long as I would say it's always a good idea to have some Tums at the ready and uh, some Pepto. Is Uh, it spicy? uh, No, but I I think you can add additional uh, ancillary spice accoutrement is it like a greasy thing what what makes it uh what makes it so lubricated well there's definitely you know what's interesting is that years ago and I don't know if this place does the same thing but back in the Milwaukee area there's a there's a chain called um, George Webb's. It's a 24-hour restaurant. And what's great about it, they have two clocks on the wall because they figure many of their patrons come in there in such an altered state that they're going to need to have two clocks in order to decipher what the time is. And they have a delicious chili. It's one of those things, do, you, do I get breakfast or do I get burgers? And you can, sometimes you just do both. But um, it has a chili that's very, very delicious. It's similar to the Cincinnati. It's got noodles in it. It's got beans, that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, I'd like to make some of that stuff at home. I wonder what's in it. So I go online and I find the recipe for the George Webb's chili. And it it, it involved like a, a quantity of what they just called beef suet. So I would imagine it's just like beef fat that they throw in there. And that's, I'm sure, one of the elements in this brew that we're speaking of.
0: just... Just a, like a, an industrial tube of grease and they cut it off and they squeeze it out. Like, yeah. And they, that's they what I'm imagining. It up, stir it in. Lard is what we're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, suet sounds more forbidden. <laughs> <laughs> the way you talk about
1: food, I can tell that you're a food person. You I, like food. I am. You know, it's been difficult because during COVID, I, you know, I, I also walk a lot. I walk about, you know, between three and five miles a day to try to mitigate the carnage caused by my feasting. And uh, I went through a thing where I lost the equivalent of like a Backstreet Boy weight-wise during, during the Cove. But
0: now it's kind of creeping back up there again because. And those Backstreet Boys are all middle-aged now, so that's you know exactly they're not small anymore. Exactly, so it's it's become a problem, uh, because the problem is is that
1: food is delicious. Oh. Like, you know, people are like, oh no, well you know what diet? Are you like? There's no secret about dieting. You have to not eat and exercise and drink a lot of water and all of those things suck. So you wane back and forth and you get to be my age and you get to be in your 50s and you're like, who am I trying to impress? You know, where's she going? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's a, I'm talking about my lovely wife who could dump me in a moment and find some other stallion probably worth millions of dollars. But be that as it may, she's decided to stay with old Riofocles. And as a result, I try to sculpt myself every now and again so she's not embarrassed in public. So, uh, but again, it's hard because food is delicious. Food is delicious. I agree. I do you cook at all? Uh, I do a bit. Uh, I'm I do the grilling in my home, and but I'm not real. I mean, I have some things that I can make, but um, I just know of where to go.
0: I do. I do all the cooking in my house, but I love. I love eating out too. I've I've got a secret chili, res, like ingredient that i use in my chili so oh. I'm, I'm interested to try the chili tonight to see how I you about it i put peanut butter in my chili
1: oh i've heard of that
0: it's like it just a little bit like like a teaspoon for the whole pot and you just stir it in and it does something it, like the the nuttiness works with beef and the fat in a way and it like brings in like this velvety quality like you don't taste peanut butter when you eat it but you definitely taste the difference be- between it being there and not being there um Last question. (laughs) We won't make this three hours of food talk, even though I could do that. Um, Is there somewhere around here that you would recommend I go to instead of Skyline? So if I go to Skyline tonight and I'm like, ah, it's only all right. I should have gone where Greg said. What would you recommend?
1: Well, I've actually discovered new places the last time I was here that were very, very good. But I would say if you have not gone to a place That's just a glorious slice of Americana here in um, Fort Wayne. It's a place called steak joint called the Cork and Cleaver. The the Cork and Cleaver. I like the name just by itself. Well, what's fun about it is, is that you know it's kind of an old school supper club vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, they got the salad bar of doom and destruction, and uh, but they bring the menu, and the menu's on a cleaver. So, it's like, dude, that's fun. I and mean, it's, it's, it's a weighty cleaver. Ken, it's a weighty cleaver. That thing weighs, you know, if you wanted to do some damage, you know, if it... they're handing you a weapon for the menu. That's correct. And, and because it's such a satisfying place to feast that it has not resulted in any kind of accidents or by the time the meal's over, everyone's too slow to fight with the cleavers. So. Yeah, yeah. There's no acts of aggression with the cleaver at the cork and cleaver. Uh, one but cleaver for t- that one cleaver, for t- you got to pass that sucker around. So, uh, but it is a it is a delicious place to experience without a doubt. I would say if you have not been, uh, if when you come to um, Fort Wayne, that should definitely
0: be on the list, on the short list, the Cork and Cleaver. I uh, side story. I'll I'll look it up because maybe I'll make my way over there. I'm not leaving till uh, Saturday. Um, I I pulled an old cleaver out of my father in law's garage, and I've been keeping it solely because it's just a route about the right size that it could be like a really cool like control plate on a guitar and like i've had it in my head like someday i'm gonna make this happen somehow it's gonna be a part of a guitar somehow i think it would just look really cool it would add two pounds to the guitar but But it it would be worth it (laughs) it'd be it'd be worth it so anyways this has been amazing greg this is all just happenstance i have had this booked to come here for like a month i show up and they're like oh Craig's going to be here. Maybe we can track him down and do something like that sounds fantastic. Well, awesome.
1: So glad you did. It's fun hanging with you. Causing Ah, trouble.
0: Absolutely. It's great to meet you. You know, I met your guitars first. Now I met you. Now we're all best friends. And we're going to hang out and call each other on the phone. That's right. hey, how did you like the Cork and Cleaves? (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Click all the links down below to check out these guitars. Sweetwater carries Reverend now, and it's they're probably going to carry him for a long time because it sounds like they're a smash hit. They're they're just flying out the door. So if you want one, get one. We should probably also mention
1: that you can buy the Fishman pickups also as aftermarket and pop them in your instrument of choice, both the P90s, which just came out, which are called the, Gristle, the Fishman Fluence Gristle Tone P90s, and, of course, the initial Gristle Tone. Uh, oh,
0: oh, look. There we go. Look at Ken. He's Ken's bringing house. him in. So yeah, check out the, I'll have the links. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for coming out. Everybody here. Thank you for Sweetwater for hosting all this. And thank you for giving me your precious time instead of doing what you're probably here to do is to, to show this stuff to Sweetwater reps. No worries. Bye everyone. Bye bye. Stay grounded.